Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 132 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is tarot and astrology. And my special guest is Liz Worth, the author of The Power of Tarot. Welcome, Liz. Hey, Teresa. How's it going? It's going great. I'm so um, excited to talk to you and to talk about your new book, too. Um, it just came out. It so, did. Yeah, it is exciting. Yeah, so it's brand new. It's hot off the presses. It's really excellent because, of course, I had to read it. And, you know, I love so many of the things that you say in this book. And one of the things that you said, and I want to start out this conversation with this, there's a line in there that says, the universe wants you to make choices. I love that line. And I'd love you to talk about this for a minute. What do you mean by that? Ah, okay. You get right into it. I love it. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, one of the things that I, that I think is really important for people to consider, you know, whether they're using tarot or astrology or seeking out readings or just moving through their life, really, is they have to ask, why am I doing this, right? And what am I doing in the first place? I don't think, you know, in, this is my perspective, I don't think that there's a lot of growth that happens when we're not making our own choices. And sometimes there's a, a misperception or an assumption when people come to readings that everything is already lined up, right? That all we have to do is sit back and wait. And if we just know that day that our lover is going to knock on the door, if we know that day that we're finally going to get that big career break we've been waiting for, then we can just sit back and relax, right? And that's not really what the universe is asking us to do. You know, we on a daily basis have to make choices to be able to co-create this world that we live in. And we also have to be the, really be the artists of our own lives in that way too. And, and that's where our growth comes from. That's how we evolve. And it's how we're able, to, I think, to open up new doors for ourselves too, right? If you're just kind of sitting back waiting for everything to happen, chances are you're not going to go very far. I agree 100% with that. You know, I like to say that tarot and astrology are not a passive act. Mm. It's not like you're just sitting there and life is happening to you. You know, your life is based on a series of choices that you make. And at any given time, we can choose. I mean, there's some situations we can't, where maybe there are some things that are outside of our control, but we can still choose how to react. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're right. There are always going to be things that we, we can't control um, that happen to us. You know, things like illnesses, right, or tragedies that come up unexpectedly. Um, but there are, you know, again, there are so many other things that we can think of when we're trying to decide, you know, what do I want in my life, right? How do I want my life to look? And also staying aware of where you're at right now. You know, if you're in a place in your life where maybe you're not that happy or you thought you would be further along, really checking in on those feelings and asking yourself, well, what have I done to get here? And what could I do differently starting now? I agree. And you know, there's so many people I like to say that sleepwalk through life. Mm. And suddenly one day they wake up, they're like, well, how did I get here? Um, why is this happening? And, you know, 
when you are awake, and this is why I think tarot and astrology are so brilliant, they help you to be conscious of your motives, your intentions, where you've been, what possibilities lie ahead, and what choices you can make. So they really help to spell that out. Totally. And it's not about looking at these things either as something that is set in stone or that seals your fate for you. Um, you know, we can look at astrology and we can use astrology as a way to understand our true nature and where our strengths may be and where our work may be. But it also doesn't mean that that's all you ever get to experience in your life either. Um, astrology just helps us to see where are the easier paths that we may take, right? Or where are the gifts that come to us, perhaps with a little less effort, and where are the places that we may feel we need to push ourselves more. But it doesn't mean that you can't do this or you can't do that, or that you will only ever be able to excel in one type of area of your life. Right. Actually, it's all about working with the energy, whether the energy is favorable or not. It's about working with the energy. I like to think of it like athletes. You know, if an athlete has a specific skill, um, they can exceed really easily in that. But maybe they don't have that specific skill. Maybe they have to figure out a different way to work with what they have in order to accomplish a goal. You know, it's the same thing with uh, tarot, astrology or just life in general. Absolutely. And, and one thing that uh, that gets talked about often in astrology is that we tend to uh, we tend to really shine in the places in our charts where there is tension. Right. Because it, it can feel satisfying as, as humans. It feels satisfying for us to actually do that hard work. And that can be where we find that fulfillment. And the things that actually come to us very easily sometimes are the things that we're not using as much because we take them for granted or we don't even notice that we have them. And that can be a surprising thing, I think, for people who might be new to astrology or new to, to any type of divination, really. Again, if they're coming at it from this place where they assume that everything is already mapped out or that, uh, or that uh, an astrology reading is just going to kind of tell them when everything will unfold, right? Um, and, and it can be surprising sometimes to learn that some of our greatest gifts are actually the things that the universe is pushing us to work harder for. And those are the things that you might be impatient to get or the things you really want. And sometimes that tension that you feel is actually an invitation. You know, there's something greater at work saying, yeah, you know what, you should be coming this way. It might not feel that easy right now. But don't take it as a sign that this is necessarily the wrong direction to go in. Right. And, you know, um, one of the things I like to say is that there's really no such thing as a bad chart or a good chart. It's all what you do with it. And some of the people who have the so-called, quote unquote, bad charts are some of the most successful people out there. Whereas sometimes when people have a, quote unquote, um, doing air quotes, <laughs> easy chart, what happens then is they don't feel an incentive to do anything. Mm hmm. You know, think of somebody who's been handed a giant trust fund. They might not feel like, I need to go out and get a job. Whereas somebody who has to start from the bottom, like the Drake song, mm. will work hard to get to the top because they see the goal, they see where they want to go, and they see the work that needs to be done, and they just feel motivated by that. Absolutely. So you also mentioned in your book, and I love this quote too, um, I heard that to understand tarot, I think someone asked you this in the book, I heard that to understand tarot, you have to understand astrology. Let's talk about that. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a big question. Um, so one of the things that I, I encounter this a lot when I'm teaching tarot, um, and, and there are, you know, there are different answers out there on this, but I, you know, I'm always cautious in, in telling people that they have to learn a whole bunch of different things just to learn tarot, because we always need to remember that tarot doesn't really have its roots in astrology. It doesn't have its roots in Kabbalah. It didn't come from these other systems that often get lumped in with tarot. And so it's really important for us to be mindful of the history of tarot and, and how it's evolved over centuries. But this started as a card game. And there's nothing inherently astrological about tarot. Um, the, the correspondences that we see uh, with tarot and astrology came along later. But those things are, you know, they're inventions, right, for lack of a better word. Um, and these two systems became married, really, when tarot was, was you know, on this, this evolutionary path to actually become a divinatory tool. Um, and so we always have to be mindful of that because astrology is a lot older than tarot. And, and again, astrologers didn't give us tarot, right? If they had, then it would be different, right? And we'd probably be sitting here saying, yes, you do need to learn <laughs> astrology to understand tarot. Um, but I think that they can complement each other. Whether you need to learn both of them or not, I, I don't think so, right? I think that tarot is very, very powerful on its own. And I'd really like to see us get to a point in time where people really respect that about tarot and don't have this need to bring in all of these other systems and ideas into it, because I think it really dilutes the process of card reading at the end of the day. And if we actually simplify our processes around tarot, we can really make those cards sing uh, if you don't let it get too complicated and just really spend time and patience looking at tarot and learning tarot for what it can do and putting your own language around it, right? So I think people you know, should, should ease up a little bit on the pressure they may be putting on themselves to feel like they have to learn both. But where there can be benefits in understanding both can be in certain things like if you're using the elements of earth, air, fire, and water in tarot, when you're looking at the tarot suits in the minor arcana, then you can really enhance that understanding if you know the elements of earth, air, fire, and water in astrology and have an understanding of how those energies express themselves through the zodiac, right? We can find um, links and correspondences between the signs of the zodiac and how they express themselves. And, you know, you might use some of those ideas to help explain the cards in a tarot reading, right? And we could think, well, what, you know, what are the qualities of the air signs and where do I see those qualities in the suit of swords, for example, right? So I think that they can enhance each other. But um, where I tend to, uh, to really try to get people to deviate away from putting them together too much is to also be mindful that the planets are always moving, right? We live in, in a, a universe that is in constant motion and it's different every day. And tarot is fixed in its images. They don't change overnight, right? Um, so, you know, so to, to try to 
ground down these planetary energies that are always a little bit different every single day. Every day of our lives, the sky will be a little bit different, right? Um, but the tarot cards will always be the same. Uh, to me, I think we really need to appreciate that these are two very different systems and one is living and embodied and the other is, is printed matter, right? It's an object and, um, and it can give us similar messages that astrology can give us, right? Because we're still tapping into universal energies either way. So again, one is not lesser than the other or better than the other, but they are different. And I think they need to be appreciated for those differences. I love what you say about simplifying, first of all, because I agree. I think sometimes too many people want to over-intellectualize it. And first of all, that makes it very unapproachable for people who are approaching it for the first time. They feel like I'm not smart enough. I'm not gifted enough. And I don't like that. I want people to feel like, you know what, tarot is for everybody. We can all learn how to work with tarot. We can all learn how to work with astrology. Uh, and also, I think we can get very cluttery with our thinking around tarot. And if we start adding in too much information, I find that leads to analysis paralysis. And it makes it very hard then to tap into the intuitive um, part of it because, you know, the cards themselves, the images are evocative and they get you to feel things. Where I find astrology is completely different. And it's really funny. Um, have you ever attended uh, Robert Place's thing at the Met where he shows you the antique tarot cards? Ah, oh, I haven't been. No, I've heard of it though. You have to go because Robert is so brilliant. But one of the things that, that struck me, Robert was talking about the astrology thing and the Kabbalah and all that. And he said, um, and I'm not, I'm not quoting him directly. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher the way he said it. But he said, basically, um, yeah, all that stuff about tarot and astrology and Kabbalah. He said, some guy just made that up. And I laughed so hard. Um, but it's really true. You know, this information somebody put it together it wasn't like the information came first and like you illustrate tarot cards were a game even the divination thing came later so for people to assume that there is an astrology connection and it's been there from the get-go that's really not correct it's not and, and again i think this is why it's really important as well to know the history of tarot when mm -hmm. we start working with it a lot of the times it's, it's so easy to just go to a store, buy a tarot deck, open it up, have no context or explanation for it at all, and just expect it to do something, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's how a lot of us start reading tarot, right? We're like, okay, this is this is just what it is. We have again this assumption that it's going to tell us something, but what and how? Um, and so when we start to learn the history of tarot, it actually is very important because it gives you so much context and such an important framework to really gain confidence, I think, over what tarot can be and how it came to be. And it helps us check some of those misperceptions at the door as well. Mm -hmm. With Kabbalah, you know, it's, it's another interesting one, right? Um, because Kabbalah does use a lot of astrology. Mm -hmm. And it's very much an intentional path. Uh, but it doesn't use tarot. I studied Kabbalah uh, here in Toronto at the Kabbalah Center, which is an international organization. And, and I remember my, my teacher asked, you know, we had these, these private one-on-one -on -one meetings every month with our teachers. And, and the first meeting I had, my teacher said, what are you doing here, right? Why are you studying Kabbalah? And I said, well, you know, I, I do tarot and everybody in tarot talks about Kabbalah all the time, but 
I've just never been able to figure out why these two go together or what Kabbalah really is. And, and I wanted to just really understand it for myself so that I could be more informed and educated. And, and, you know, this is a woman who has given up her whole life to teach Kabbalah, right? This is her thing. She's been teaching it for years. Uh, she's originally from Israel. She travels the world now to teach Kabbalah. If anyone knows about Kabbalah, it's this person, right? And she's like, I have never heard of this before in my life, that tarot and Kabbalah go together. <laughs> and that was very telling. And she said, you know, uh, from the Kabbalistic perspective, you would never try to divine your future because Kabbalah is all about creating your future every single day. And that's why it works a lot with astrology and uh, there's a lot of intention setting with every new lunar cycle and paying attention to the astrological energies of the moment and, and paying attention to powerful days of the year so that you can really check in with yourself and say, you know, where am I on my spiritual path? Where is my work right now? Right? What am I focusing on? Where do I need to be proactive? It's never about sitting back and letting someone else tell you what is going to happen. Never. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's so to, you know, to, from that Kabbalistic perspective, um, tarot has no, no place in that picture at all. So it's very interesting to hear it from that side as well. Yeah, I always find it interesting when people sit down and they say, well, I just want you to tell me things. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you know, we can do that. But don't you want to get involved with your future? So I do, I do find that really weird. Um, anyhow, about tarot and astrology, you know, I've. I actually came to astrology before tarot mm -hmm. and I came to that because I got my first astrology reading when I was 15 years old from my girlfriend's mother. Of course I got instantly hooked and I started studying it. And then I came upon tarot by accident when I was at a bookstore and suddenly tarot became my big thing, but I've been studying both since that time. So I've been studying both for 40 years mm -hmm. and I find for me that tarot works with my intuitive side. And maybe this is because I'm a Gemini. And the astrology really works with my side that loves to analyze. Mm. So I like to use them in some ways as very, very separate. But I also find that whoever puts some of these astrology things in the tarot, it's made it very useful for me for timing or picking significators. That's how I use astrology and tarot, which, you know, I'll explain my theories on that. But I'd like to know how you use them together. Or do you use them separately? I mean, I'm like separate to a certain degree, but then some of those astrological correspondence come in handy. Yeah. So, you know, similarly, I, you know, I started working with uh, the lunation cycles when I was a teenager, right? Because I was really into earth magic and I read a lot of books about witchcraft and things like that. And, and I loved astrology too, right? I would always, you know, those magazines that come out every year, I don't know if they actually make them anymore, but at, they would sell them at the grocery store checkout, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, the year horoscope for the year ahead. And my mom would always let me buy one when I was a kid. And I loved, you know, I always loved that, right? I was so interested in it. Um, and then, yeah, and, you know, I kind of dabbled in tarot when I was a teenager, but I didn't have the patience to learn these things properly, right? It wasn't until I was, I was an adult and then finally I, I understood that they'll take a little bit more time than five minutes to learn, right? That this is a lifelong study. When I was a kid, you know, I, I didn't have that kind of perspective yet. Um, and I, you know, at the time, I, I did always see them 
as separate. But um, the deeper I got into, again, you know, studying tarot, the more I would come across this idea of astrology being integrated with the cards and all of these things. And it just, it, that never made sense to me, right? I was never able to, uh, to follow some of the correspondences that we see in certain schools of thought, right? Like, um, you know, a lot of the Golden Dawn inspired systems, for example, that assign tarot cards to different, um, different times uh, for, you know, different astrological seasons and things like that. I have a harder time getting my mind wrapped around that, although I can see that it can work for other people. But the way I really like to use tarot and astrology, and, and I know, again, there are astrologers that don't like this either, right? There's so many, so many mixed messages and opinions out there. There's space for all of them, I think. But I really love to see people doing tarot spreads, for example, around new moons or full moons. I think tarot can be a really helpful way to understand the deeper nuances of an astrological transit that you might be having as well. Or for people who may not have access to their exact birth time, right? Um, you know, there are different records in different parts of the world. I find where, you know, where I live in Canada, it seems like a lot of people that at least I've encountered do not have their birth time. Hmm. And sometimes that, you know, it's, they're a bit sad about that, right? They can go to the hospital, I think, and, and pay to have it tracked down, but it's almost like they feel like they're missing something. And a lot of the times I'll tell people, you know, you can use astrology as a tool to understand how the universal energies are working for you at that time, right? But you can get similar messages from tarot or from a palm reading or, you know, any type of divination, if it's done properly, will help you tap into who you are, what makes you tick, what you can do, what your potential is, right? We're all working towards those same answers no matter what. So sometimes if people feel like they're missing something astrologically, they can still get a lot out of a tarot reading. Because if we're just looking at, you know, what are the themes of your life right now, right? Which are what we can do with astrological transits. What are the lessons you're working towards? You can take those same questions to tarot and get very similar answers, right? Um, and again, sometimes, you know, people want to work with a full moon or they want to work with a lunar cycle and the new moon's coming up and they want to set those intentions. And I think tarot can really give them that entry point to go deeper with it and to build a, a, a different type of ritual or practice a relationship with those universal cycles. So that's really how I like to integrate them more so. Yeah, I, I love that, by the way. And I especially like the idea about creating spreads around the new moon, the full moon, or around an astrological transit. That's really great advice. You know, mainly what I use them for, like I'll use those golden dawn um, correspondence for timing with tarot. And you know, timing is very, very tricky with tarot. You know that. Mm. I just did a thing with uh, Al Juarez on timing, uh, a podcast episode a few back. Um, and timing, I think, is one of the hardest things. But the astrological correspondences, I think, can help people. For example, you know, strength is often associated with Leo. Leo the lion has got a picture of a woman with a lion, so it makes absolute sense. And so you can look at that for timing as the Leo time of the year. Mm -hmm. I also use the astrological correspondences for picking significators. So like the air signs, you know, if you identify as a woman, then you might be the queen of swords if you're a Libra. If you identify as a male and you are a Libra, we might pick the king of swords. 
you know, so I'll do that. But that's about it for how I combine those two. And frankly, I like to use astrology very separate. And I mostly use it for timing events. And I find it to be really great for planning. So if you are looking to plan things out, I'm like, you know what? Astrology is the way to do it. That's just the way I work with it. Yeah. And I love that. And I think, again, that makes so much sense in terms of finding timing in tarot, right? Um, and, and yeah, if I'm doing a reading, you know, if I'm doing someone's natal chart, for example, right? Usually we just talk about the chart. You know, tarot doesn't come into it because we have the chart. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that, again, astrology is enough on its own, too. You don't necessarily need to be blending a whole bunch of things together. Uh, often astrology is so much you can't you can't talk about it all in one session. Right. Because, again, you're talking about the sky. Right. We are talking about space. Uh, you're talking about the entire universe. Right. And you're looking at this little map of it, you know, for an hour or an hour and a half within a reading. Right. Um, so so these are really big deep discussions that that we can get into as well. Um, But with timing and astrology, you know, I find it interesting. I don't do a lot of, say, electional astrology, right, where people will try to find the best day to have their wedding or something like that. That's not really where where I place my practice very often. But I find that sometimes I, I... I find myself often reminding people that whatever you're living through, you are living your astrology right now. So you can look at what transits are happening for you in this moment, or if you're having a really funky time and you want to know what is up, right? What is up in the sky that is making this happen? You can go to a chart to to confirm that something is up. But sometimes people get so worried that they're off their path or that they're not quote unquote, on time, air quotes again, with something, right? And I would say, you know, this is just about an embodied energy, right? We're all living the astrology of the moment right now. We're all expressing it in different ways, but you're not detouring from anything. Um, again, you can always, if you don't like where you're at, think about what, what are the energies available to you right now? How can you tap into them and just steer off in a different direction? Um, but there's no wrong timing here. I totally agree. I like to think there's divine timing, but divine timing isn't right or wrong. It's just timing. Exactly. (laughs) And speaking of timing, our time is coming to a close. And before we complete, could you tell people about your new book, where they can get it, where they can find you, all the good dirt on this? Absolutely. Yeah. So LizWorth.com is always the place to go. Very easy, straightforward. You can find the info about my book there. Uh, it's called The Power of Tarot. And it is really all about knowing uh, and living tarot. So uh, it's a bit different from the usual standard guidebooks on tarot meanings, um, but it will really get you thinking, which is what I want you to do. I will tell people that are listening that it definitely got me thinking. I love your perspectives on intuition. I love your perspectives on, you know, how tarot works and how to work with it. So I think the book is something that every reader, no matter what level you're at, whether you're a total newbie or a seasoned pro, you're going to get people thinking with this book. I mean, you really got me thinking. So I really appreciate you bringing that out into the world. It's a great book. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on your show. It's been a delight. And for people who are listening in, 
get a copy of the book, but also Liz has a lot of classes. She's always teaching something about tarot or astrology and writing. So if you are looking to learn more, definitely get over to LizWork.com and check out what she has to offer. All right, so that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other goodies for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're digging this podcast, do me a favor. Scoot on over to iTunes and take a moment to leave a nice review, because that's going to help more tarot-curious people find their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. <laughs>